Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast. I'm your host, Margot, and in this episode, first of all, I've been gone for a minute. I have not recorded an episode in a really long time, and a lot of you have been like, what the hell is going on? What happened to the podcast? Uh, I was stuck in the United States for about two and a half months. I went to visit my hometown of Denver, Colorado, was there for a month and then the airport closed. So I was there for an additional month and a half after that. And I wasn't even in Tel Aviv. So how am I supposed to record a podcast about Tel Aviv from Denver? It's not called Kissin' Denver. No, no, no. So your girl is back. And I've got some tea to spill, some stories to tell. And this episode, we're going to talk about one of the worst dates I've been on ever that happened shortly after my return to Tel Aviv. Uh, We're going to talk about how to date someone in Tel Aviv if you don't live in Tel Aviv, because no one's perfect, right? And a lot of things have been going down since lockdown. Um, We're going to discuss the rise in STD cases in Israel despite the lockdown. Now that we're out of lockdown, we're going to talk about dating post-lockdown and what that's like now that we've all been in our homes for so long and it's kind of weird. How do you freaking function anymore? Uh, We'll talk about that, getting back into dating after corona, and a couple of other things that um, we'll just go ahead and get into. So I'm going to take a sip of my wine here. ASMR. Let's get right into it. So as I said, I was stuck in Denver for a long time. And when I got back, I went on a bit of a dating spree. I went on three like back to back to back dates. And they were actually all um, not from the apps. They were from Instagram. So I met three different guys. And one of them turned out to be (laughs) the worst date I've ever been on. And that leads me into the first topic that I want to discuss, which is normalizing walking out on dates. So let me just give you guys a little bit of a, of a preview. Okay. So I was talking to this guy. He seemed cute. He slid into my DMS. We arranged a date. And so we meet up and we go to the Tedder and we're sitting there and the conversation sort of gets to kind of a serious place where we're talking about serious topics and a lot of this guy's tone towards me was just so condescending and just patronizing he was like mansplaining a lot of things to me especially things about Israel I'm like bro I've lived here for 10 years And then we got into, he asked me a lot of really inappropriate, just not necessarily inappropriate questions, but things that that I might not want to discuss exactly on a first date. And then, so he he started saying some really just not cool things. First of all, he asked me about what I think about transgender women competing in sports. And a lot of the language that he used was just like super transphobic and super just not cool not cool at all and then based on that he was all fired up because he was an Aries and it's Aries season and homeboy goes so what are like your red lines I'm like what are you Bibi Netanyahu my red lines what do you what what do you mean already at this point I'm kind of fired up because of the transphobic comments and 
he's like, what are like things that you just don't like in uh, dating? What are like deal breakers? And I said to him, well, let's see. Um, that would include racists, homophobic people, um, misogynists. And I said, it also includes anybody who uses the word homo or rape in their everyday convo as if it's like a funny joke. And then he goes, oh, really? Well, I use the word homo all the time. Me and my friends say it's not that big of a deal. And I was like, Whew, okay, all right. And so we got in, I, I was just like, okay, well, that's something that I absolutely cannot tolerate. Um, he's like, oh, it's just something that I've been saying uh, my whole life, you know, since I'm a kid. It's no big deal. I have many gay friends. Anytime you hear, especially a straight dude, be like, I have many blank friends or uh, I have a lot of black friends or I have a lot of gay friends. You know that something offensive about that group is about to be said. So he said that and I was like, oh, here we go. And he was like, I just don't think it's a big deal to say homo. And I got up. And I walked out after he was like for about 30 seconds, he was trying to justify this kind of behavior. And I was just like, you know what? You asked me about my red lines. That's one of them. Thank you for the pizza and beer. I'm going to go. And I walked out of the Tedder and I put in my AirPods and I threw on Lady Gaga and I was like, absolutely not. And I felt so good for walking out on this fucking guy who thinks that it's okay to use the word homo as a joke and I I was like asking myself why haven't I started doing this sooner why haven't I started walking out on dates I can think of dozens of bad dates that I wish I would have walked out on and I don't know something just was like I gotta go I gotta get out of here I don't have to sit here and waste my one and only precious life on this planet sitting across from a guy who uses homophobic slurs and is trying to mansplain to me why that's okay and so I just want to say like you do not have you do not owe anybody your time if you are on a bad date no matter what is going on whether he's being pushy or just a dick or saying things that are just completely out of line like this guy was you can get up and you can leave so I just want to say normalize walking out on dates it was the best feeling in the entire world and now I think I'm addicted to it and I was just like but bye so either you're already doing that and if so I commend you and if you're not <laughs> it's not too late to start walking out on dates Ugh. so I got up and I walked right out of there and you know, the things that this guy said just sort of stuck with me. And I just, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot ever since that terrible date. And just last week, a gay man was beaten in the streets in Rishon Lezion. And he was approached by a gang of fucking shit stains. And they came up to him and they asked, Ma, at a homo? And he said yes. And they beat him in the street. And it just got me thinking, if, if you're one of these guys that uses the word homo or girls, whatever, uses any of this type of language, I'm not saying that you're going to go out and beat somebody up in the street just because they're gay. But I am saying that you have a lot more in common with those people than you think because you use the same language that they do. And I'm sure you probably wouldn't want to associate yourself with people who would beat up a gay person in the street, would you? 
then why are you using the same language? Because the last thing that man heard was homo, homo. And I'm sure they repeated the slur as they continued to beat him. So that's just a friendly little reminder that those words do actually matter. And when you use them, you have a lot in common with people who think it's okay to beat people up in the street just because of their sexuality. So that was just, you know, one little incident that occurred upon my return to Tel Aviv. (laughs) Needless to say, that will not be turning into a second date. So, Um, yeah, and just I encourage you to walk out on bad dates. Really, just go. Just leave. I think sometimes it's so easy to feel like we need to be polite and we need to, you know, whatever. No, no, fuck polite. If you're sitting across from a douchebag, you don't have to sit there and waste your time talking to him. You just don't. And you shouldn't. Um, So, yeah, just get up and walk out of dates. Seriously, it's the best thing in the world. Normalize walking out on dates with douchebags. Don't waste your time. Okay? Speaking of dates... This one is a special uh, an, you know, message to anyone who lives outside of Tel Aviv. Now, in, an, in a world where we're all on apps and all of this, it's easy to meet people who don't live in Tel Aviv. This podcast is called Kiss in Tel Aviv, but, you know, eventually you encounter people that are from Tel Aviv. <laughs> and if you don't live in Tel Aviv, guys especially, and you meet or you match with a girl who does live here and, you know, you want to take her out on a date, I want to share some of the do's and don'ts of that process because I've been in this situation um, several times where, look, you know, you, you live outside of Tel Aviv, you drive in and you say, yeah, okay, what should we do? And it's like, do a little, like, just just put in a little bit of work and a little bit of effort to figure it out. Um, a lot of times guys will like say, oh, I'll come pick you up and then you know, we'll go find a place. No, 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 no. That doesn't work in Tel Aviv, okay? It doesn't work because here's what's going to happen. First of all, I'm going to have to get, which I'm not going to do, get into a car with a stranger. I just met you. You're going to come pick me up. I'm sure you're fine and I'm sure you're not a serial killer, but I can't take that risk because after all, if it's a first date, you're still just a stranger from the internet or someone that I barely know. So I don't really want to get into a car with you and do the awkward first, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then drive around in Tel Aviv traffic while you try to find a parking spot, which is virtually impossible to do in the city. As we all know, if you've spent more than five minutes here, you know that there, there is zero parking in the city. So here's my, here's my major thing to just keep in mind. If you're, if you're, traveling into Tel Aviv for a date, do not just park your car, go to a parking lot and then meet your date somewhere because it's just, it's so awkward and weird to just drive around while you try to find parking. And nowadays, now that everything's opened up again, you can't just walk up to bars like you used to be able to, you know, a couple years ago or before Corona or whatever it is, you know, Tel Aviv is popping right now. Gone are the days when you can walk into Bicicleta on a Thursday night or into whatever bar it might be and just sit down and grab a table. So, gentlemen, reservations are really, really recommended. It's like, I can't stand it when a guy doesn't really take the initiative to like actually plan a date and like puts it all on me. 
just because he's like, oh, well, you know Tel Aviv better than me. And I'm like, okay, it takes three seconds to just Google a couple cool places. Figure out a parking lot nearby. We'll meet there. I don't have to get into your car. You're a stranger. And then awkwardly try and find parking and then try to walk around and find a bar. Just no. If you're coming from outside of Tel Aviv, have these things figured out before. I don't mind suggesting places that I like to go, but this is just something that like as... I don't know, when you're courting a, a person and you want to take them out on a date, it's just a nice thing to do. It just makes us feel really nice when you plan things out ahead of time. And now that things are so open again, which is a wonderful thing, it takes a lot more planning in advance. You can't just walk up to places anymore. So that's just my piece of advice. Um, dating, the do's and don'ts. Don't drive, pick me up, and then not know where you're going to park or where we're going to go sit. Do make a reservation. Choose a spot. Figure it out. Please. Please. Because nothing is more annoying than when a guy's like, eh, so uh, we'll just walk around and uh, see what happens. No. Please. Come on. The days of lockdown are behind us and we can't just rely on this lazy... Let's just walk around, find somewhere to sit, uh, maybe go to the beach, maybe come to my house. Which brings me to another thing, is getting back into dating after corona. Just, it, it speaks to that, make, make a reservation. Get on the phone, get a table for two. It's all good. And please stop with the, oh, come over to your place. Or, let's go to the beach, come to mine. No, no. I understand that options were limited during Corona, but we are vaxxed and waxed now, okay? It's time for you to plan a proper date. It's time for you to pick up the phone, get on on topo and make a reservation, please. We don't have to do these bench awkward dates anymore, okay? Where you show up with a bottle of Don Julio. We've covered that one, we're done. Kikar Dizengoff is not the date spot anymore. Okay, please pick a date spot, make it happen. And if you're still doing the lazy, eh, walk around, go to the beach, come to my place. I'm just going to, you know, assume that you're not really serious about the situation or you don't really want to take me out on a proper date. And it, it just, just that's just lazy fuckboy shit. So figure it out in advance and it, it can really impress your date. So just just keep that in mind as things move forward. And as we come out of lockdown, um, speaking of dates, sometimes they don't always go so well, do they? I mentioned my little dating spree that I went on uh, when I returned from Colorado, and none of them resulted in a second date. And that's okay. I love dating. I think it's really fun, even if it doesn't turn into anything. Um, It's still cool to meet people, as long as they're not (laughs) homophobic, misogynist, racist idiots. But um, still, hey, it's gathering data. What can you do? Okay, so you go on a first date and there's, you know, you had a nice time, but then maybe you're just not feeling it. Some dates can go really well and you just still don't want to necessarily pursue that person again for whatever reason it is. Maybe it's just that, you know, they... They were nice, but you're just not attracted to them or you're just not in a place where you want to take it forward. Whatever the reason is, it's totally fine. It's totally justified. And sometimes we're on the receiving end of this and sometimes we're on the we're telling the person that we don't want to see them again. And so that's when you start to ask yourself, like, I'm personally a believer in the anti-ghosting text. 
in and by that I mean the text that you sent to someone instead of ghosting them and not returning any of their messages or just full on disappearing after a date if you're not into them and they were nice and it was a good date sometimes there are op- there are situations where it will be a mutual ghost and you never need to say anything again like in the case where I walked out on the homophobic idiot um, needless to say there was no need for follow up but sometimes you just want to I believe in good dating karma, right? And if you're not into somebody, it's nice. And it's not that you owe them a deep explanation, but it's just it's just nice not to ghost people. And so that's when the anti-ghosting text sort of comes into play. We've talked about this before on the ghosting episode. If you want to go back a few episodes and listen to that, I recommend it. But what's interesting is that I not only sent an anti-ghosting text, but received an anti-ghosting text within a few days of one another. So I went on a date with this one guy and he was really cool and everything like that, but I wasn't interested in pursuing anything more than platonic. It just wasn't, there wasn't the romantic vibe there for me. And so I sent the anti-ghosting text and I said, I had a really nice time with you. It was great to meet you, but I'm feeling more of a friend by vibe between us, friend vibes only. <laughs> and, and it was cool and it was well-received and it, it just, we had a nice time. He was a cool guy and I didn't, I just didn't want to, leave any room for for not for impolite behavior and then I also received a text like that just after and it was interesting because I had a really good time on the date and I was I was honestly kind of surprised to get that text but it's all good because I received it and I know that like whatever the reason is I don't have to take it personally. You know what I mean? It's just, I think about when I've been in those situations before and it wasn't necessarily because the person wasn't cool or they weren't attractive or they weren't really nice. I just wasn't interested in pursuing it further. And I realize it's not a personal attack on anybody that you send that to. And if you receive the anti-ghosting text, it's not a personal attack on you either. So unless the date is just an absolute shit show and it's horrible and it's just like nothing and you kind of mutually ghost each other, just, I don't know, pay it forward with good dating karma and and send the anti-ghosting text. And if you're interested in more of that, check out the other episode, like I mentioned. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's just another thing that happened in the dating spree that I went on. Another thing that has been brought to my attention recently, I've heard with regards to dating, uh, a lot of my girlfriends have explained to me and I've I've experienced this kind of feeling before too where guys it's almost like this is more about the second date okay so hear me out here I think we've all been in situations or somewhat similar situations where you have a really good first date with someone and then you plan for a second one Maybe you're just like feeling it out. You're not sure if this is like whatever it is. It's only the second date. So they're, they're nice. They do the wine and dine. They plan the date. They do, they do all the green flag, nice things, the do's, right? And then by the second date, they're, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where they completely change their course. And on the second date, they're just sort of like, a lot more rude, a lot more presumptuous, a lot more entitled. Uh, I was talking to one of my best friends and she said she was on a date with this guy who this, the same thing happened. Great first date. Um, she was sort of unsure like what exactly she wanted from him and like what 
whatever was going to be. So second date was arranged and he was suggesting like beach or oh, I can come to yours, whatever. And that was like the first red flag. She was kind of just like, ugh. So she explained like, no, thanks. I'd rather just let you take me on a proper date. So then he arranges a plan to meet, except he was like, I'm going to be at this bar with my friends. Let's meet at 1030. Let's meet here. I've said this in previous episodes. If he's inviting you to come and join him in what he was already going to be doing anyways, it's not a date. It's not a date. If he's already hanging with his bros and then is like come through that's not a date okay we need to like make that clear it's not there's nothing wrong with going and meeting up with someone if they've been hanging out with their friends i'm just saying it's not a date nothing inherently wrong with it at all it's sometimes fun to just go and meet up with new people and hang out with a cute guy that you just had a first date on it can be a good way to kick it and like get to see what their friends are like whatever but it's not a date he was going to be doing that anyways. So what, what my friends started to notice, like the, first of all, this guy started being just like a fucking creep. And by the time she met him, he was already super drunk. And then I've heard this story from many, many girls. So it's not even specific to this. And I've had it happen to me where I feel like guys will put on their best behavior on a first date. And then by the second date, they're already expecting something in return. They're already expecting that that payback well i paid for the beers and the duh and it took you for a date and then they start to get like hungry and they're like oh well i took you on a date now it's time to suck my dick (laughs) so they start their whole entire it's like that jekyll and hyde thing like i said they just switch and then they the truth is they were only good for one date they were only good for that one date and they're on their best behavior and then by the second date they start to anticipate they start to expect things Ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening to this, you do not owe anything to anyone. What, because he paid for a couple of drinks and maybe a dinner? And if you've done that and you, mostly I'm talking to fucking guys here, women do not owe you anything just because you took them on a date. So then back to my friend's story, like, this guy just turned into a total creep. He turned into a total creep. And then like he was making out, whatever's fine. But this is, this has happened to a lot of my girlfriends. They'll start to say things when you're just like telling them, no, I don't really want to take this further. Or you're maybe you're making out and, or you're just like not, you don't want to get felt up and finger banged on a bench in Tel Aviv by some sweaty, gross dude from Kfar Saba. So you are like, no, dude, chill. Like, take it easy. And then they're like, oh, Matt, come to it. What, you cheap? You're a tease? Don't be a tease. Oh, Matt, come to it. <laughs> you do not owe these, you do not owe anybody anything. And if you're talking like this, just remember that just because you paid for a couple of overpriced cocktails at a bar in Tel Aviv does not mean that anybody owes you anything. We don't owe you shit, okay? So just that's just something to keep in mind, all right? So just remember that. I think sometimes men feel entitled after a first date and women sometimes, and I'm talking about like heteronormative scenarios here. Um, 
obviously that's my experience, but women don't owe you anything after a first date. Okay. So it's just something that like I hear all the time and it's just like sickening that, that that's sort of what's expected. Sometimes I call men in Tel Aviv well-fed tigers and it's like a tiger in a zoo who just gets steak thrown. They're just like, they're just fucking entitled like a tiger in the zoo. He doesn't even have to hunt for food anymore. It's just like, ugh, this mentality that like women owe you something just because you're, you exist. Get the fuck out of here. Tomer. <laughs> a lot of you have been asking me what's, what's Margo, what's with the Tomer thing? What's with the Tomer thing? Okay. So much like in English, you know, we have the words Karen to describe a certain type of woman or Becky to describe like a basic sort of like white girl who drinks Starbucks and loves to listen to Taylor Swift, which the, all those things are fucking fantastic. Um, <laughs> but I, I just felt like it was time that <laughs> that we brought this sort of new thing and like started using the word Tomer to describe your basic generic Israeli dude in his 20s or 30s who's just stereotypically Tomer, you know, the good vibes only guy, the come to my place and smoke a joint guy, the mud come to it. It's, it's nothing against the name Tomer and it's not, I've, <laughs> I've never even gone on, like I never even dated a dude named Tomer. And so it's not, it's just, it's just the stereotypical name. It's kind of like in, in American culture, we have the Chad. Ugh, what a fucking Chad. What a fucking Tomer. So I just thought I'd clear that up. Um, so if you were wondering why I'm always referring to Tomer, that's why. It's now a noun. In the, well, it always was, but now it's like a thing. It's like a Becky, a Karen, a Tomer. Okay? That's what's up. Here's another interesting thing. Now that we're, we spoke about getting back into the dating scene and some of the stuff that went down during lockdown, get this. Okay. Wow. There was recently a spike in STD cases in Israel despite coronavirus lockdowns. This is absolutely crazy. And there's been a lot of concern over like bacteria that are found in STDs like chlamydia and gonorrhea that are developing resistance to existing antibiotics because they're being overprescribed and people are becoming antibiotic resistant. For once, we're not talking about a virus. We're talking about bacteria here. Um, there's been record-breaking rises in STDs in recent months. And it's really interesting because despite the lockdown, people were still getting out, going out there and getting, getting uh, infected, not just with corona, apparently. It's, it's kind of interesting that the, that the lockdowns were supposed to prevent a virus spreading. And then meanwhile, this, you know, bacterial STDs, that bacteria that causes gonorrhea, um, have been on the rise. So be careful out there. Fucking wear a condom. Be careful. It's, it's a lot. I, it's, it's scary to hear these because Tel Aviv's a small city and eventually if you're sexually active within this city, the exposure to these things is very serious and can be very dangerous. It's just pretty crazy that despite the lockdowns, that's crazy. So yeah, STD cases are on the rise be safe get tested i went this morning just for a little routine checkup call your doctor get into that maccabi lab pee in a cup get that little needle prick and make sure you're good to go well 
now that we've discussed um, STDs, I think that's a good place to to kind of wrap it up. Um, I just want to say I'm so happy to be back on the mic and I'm recording for my brand new apartment, which I'm really, really excited about. And I really missed recording. Doing this podcast is something that I absolutely, truly love. And now that I'm back in Tel Aviv, expect more. We're going to have some guests coming on soon. We're going to just be talking about a lot of things. And I think that there's going to be a lot to talk about as we get out of this lockdown and move into summertime, bitches. Hey, we are waxed. We are vaxxed. We are ready to go. All right. So stay tuned for more episodes of Kiss and Tel Aviv. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow me over on Instagram, I've been making a lot of dating related content over there. Um, and over on TikTok, my at is M-A-R-G-O-T-2-E-2. That's the number two, the letter E, the number two. Follow me over there. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Kiss and Tel Aviv where we put the love in Tel Aviv. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.